Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. This is Rob Paulson, and you're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Hey there. Tom Ruger here, and you are tuned into ToonCast. Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Optimus Solo, what are you doing here? I'm always here. Yes, yes. In the background. Yes, just not always talking. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, this is Tooncast, and this is uh, going to be a clip uh, that plays in front of uh, Tooncast episode 293 to 299. Because apparently you've created a third personality or a second personality for yourself. You're just now another 80s geek or something like that. There's this guy I know. He's called Just Another 80s Geek. And uh, he's got this video thing that he does on the YouTubes and things like that. So, yeah, it's uh, called Geek Showcase. It's a chance to highlight all things geeky in a video form. So branching out from just audio. So this will be a chance for you to see all kinds of geeky things, whether they be toys, whether it be just graphics on the screen with top 10 lists and things of that nature, opening packs of cards, going through geeky memorabilia, knickknacks, paddywhacks, give a dog a bones, um, anything like that. So yes, you should check out the YouTube channel geek showcase, but to give you guys kind of a feel for what kind of stuff goes there, minus the visual part, we're also giving it to you in audio form right here on Tooncast and Podcast. That's right. So if you hear Kevin say something like, you can see this on the screen, it's because this was originally a video where he would put up his diagram of his ultimate Saturday morning cartoon lineup. And you are starting, this is why we're starting in episode 293 to 299, because those are the next episodes I had available. And you are starting with 1983 all the way up to 1989 and going through basically your ultimate Saturday morning cartoon lineup. Yeah, basically I've seen a lot of people post stuff on social media over the years, whether it be Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, and they always have like, ooh, the best cartoon lineup or this lineup versus this lineup, or they do drafts or they do different things. So I thought I was going to do my take on that basically. So I've created a list for each year from 1983 to 1989. I explain on the records here why i don't do 80 81 and 82 but just real quickly it's just too hard there's not enough cartoons out yet for the to do those years so it starts 1983 goes to 1989 there's a bunch of rules that i outline in record so you'll have to listen to that mainly in the 1983 record i won't do that as much in the subsequent episodes if you want the dirt on how these lists were developed you have to listen to the 1983 episode first all right well that's going to do it, and let the show begin. Yay! Yay! 
There we go. Hello, this is just another 80s geek, and you are watching the Geek Showcase, where today we have a special episode for you. We are doing a hybrid episode. It is part list geek and part cartoon geek. So let me explain. Today we are unveiling a new project. It's going to be seven episodes long, and today is episode one. And this is going to be what I'm going to call the ultimate Saturday morning cartoon lineup. So we've seen this done all over the place on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, where people put a picture together of their ultimate Saturday morning cartoon lineup, time slots, etc., where they have anywhere from probably five to ten cartoons listed. And I've seen that, and I've always wanted to do it my own way. So that is what we're going to start today, um, and I'm going to do it slightly different. So for me, this is only going to include the 1980s, because I feel like when people include more than the 80s, 90s, 70s, 2000s, etc., etc., it just gets too, the pool is too big, and it's just a random selection of their favorite cartoons, which is fine and all, but I wanted to do things a little bit different. So today... We're starting a journey through the 1980s Saturday morning cartoon lineups. What I mean by that is I have constructed a lineup, seven different lineups, all right? And in order for a show to be listed on here, it had to have had episodes that aired for the first time in the 1980s, all right? So if I'm just pulling out a year here. So if I'm doing 1985, it can only include cartoons that aired new episodes in 1985. I had to... Cheat a couple times, but we'll get to that later on. Um, what I've also done is because I am a list geek, I have tried to arrange it in a certain way. So what we're going to do is we're going to start at the 8 o'clock time slot, and we're going to do a cartoon every half hour until we get to noon, basically. So we're going to have an 8 a.m., 8.30, 9, 9.30, 10, 10.30, and 11, and 11.30. So eight cartoons per year. All right. In order for me to make this work, I had to fudge it a little bit. So we're not going to be doing anything that is 1980, 81, or 82. Why? Because it took a few years to build up the amount of cartoons that were new to the 1980s in order to get something. So I couldn't really start it until 1983. The 1980-81 list would have been just basically every cartoon that aired that year because... I'm not including anything that debuted prior to 1980. So, it, you know, if it's debuted in 1975, 78, 79, I can't count it on any of these lists. So they had to be new to the 80s, and they had to be airing new episodes in that year. So that is why I'm not doing 80, 81, and 82. So we're going to do 1983 through 1989, seven lineups. All right? And just to elevate it another step, I have designated each slot with a theme. So all of the shows that air at 8 o'clock are going to fit into a theme. All of the shows that air at 8.30 are going to fit into a theme. And so on and so forth. And I'm going to maybe leave it up to you guys to figure out what that theme is for a few of them. Um, some of them I'll probably reveal throughout these episodes, but a couple of them I want to wait until the end and see if you guys can reveal what the theme is for that time slot. So it was tricky for me because I had to find cartoons that, again, aired new episodes in that year that fit a certain theme, and the last rule is once I used a cartoon, I could not use it again in a subsequent year. So if I use something in 1983, I cannot use it in 84, 85, 86, 87, etc. All right? So that means it's one and done as far as a cartoon appearance. That 
is because I wanted this to be a list that was really representative of the 1980s as a whole. So if you take these seven Saturday morning lineups with eight shows each, that's 56 shows if my math's correct, and that is a good representation of cartoons as a whole in the 1980s, I think. I'm trying to get the best of the best here at the same time of fitting in a theme and things of that nature. So what we're going to do today is our first one. So we're going to test it out here. We are going to throw up the year. It's 1983, and we are going to throw up the time slots. They're empty at the moment. So there's your eight time slots, and then we'll reveal one at a time. And again, you might be scratching your head at the beginning and saying, why is he picking this show, or how did that show make the list? Remember, that theme thing will play a part into it, and you might figure it out by the end. So, without further ado, let's start the 1983 Ultimate Saturday Morning Cartoon Lineup. All right, so starting off in our 8 o'clock slots, we have... And this is kind of a cheat because I'm combining two shows that were basically very similar. We are cheating right off the bat because that's what I do. All right, so 8 o'clock time slot belongs to the shows entitled Superbook and The Flying House. I know that is a little bit of an obscure place to start, and a lot of you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But there was two series, one called The Superbook and the other called The Flying House. Um, Superbook came first. They aired 26 episodes in 1981-82, and then Flying House came in and aired 52 episodes from 82 to 83, and then Superbook came back, so it's like a sandwich here, followed by you know 26 episodes in 1983. So all together... We have 104 episodes in these titles that aired in the 1980s. So that's a lot of episodes in the 1980s, over 100. Um, this was broadcast on the CBN, which is the Christian Broadcasting Network. So that's probably why some of you are not familiar with it. These are Christian-related uh, shows. And basically, this is a very early, very early um, example of anime in the United States. So obviously anime from Japan, animation from Japan, um, that style is existing in Japan, etc. And later on it would come to exist in the United States a lot more, you know, and dubbing and things like that became very popular. But back in the day, there's not a whole lot of anime that makes it to the United States. Um, there's a few here and there scattered throughout, but this is a if for the 80s, this is a very early example of that style being shown to audiences from America. So what Superbook is, is basically it is a show that follows three individuals. You have Chris Peeper and his friend Joy, and then they have like this clockwork toy figure of some sorts, and he's named Gizmo the Crusader Robot, which first of all, who named this character? Gizmo? In the 80s, means one thing, right? And you're going to call it Crusader Robot? And you're an animated show? Sounds a little bit like maybe this show, Crusader Rabbit. And third, it's a religious program, and we're going to put the name Crusades in it. Crusader? Mm, questionable. But anyways, they uh, travel back in time and visit the Bible stories 
from the New and the Old Testament, and they meet those people, and they become part of the story, and they learn about it, etc. Um, and Flying House is almost identical. Instead of Chris Peeper and Joy, you have Justin and Angie, and their, her little brother, I think his name was Corky, again. Are we naming somebody else Corky in the 80s? Come on. And instead of Gizmo the Crusader robot, the Flying House had Sir. S period, I period, R period, which stands for Solar Ion Robot. Yeah. Um, but they did the same thing. They had a flying house that went back in time and visited Bible stories, et cetera, et cetera. So it was almost the exact same show, um, even so much so that it's the same voices, basically. Billy Lou Watt, who some people might recognize from Astro Boy in the 1960s or Kimba the White Lion, um, does the main voice in both Superbook and Flying House, and a lot of the other voices are the exact same crossing over and playing almost identical parts in the two shows. Um it's actually had received a reboot in 2011, and that's been running for over a decade now, still airing new episodes, so it's very much still going on. I haven't seen any of the reboot. I've only seen the originals, and it's been a long time since I've seen those. But Superbook and Flying House, over 100 episodes in the 80s, and it's going to take our 8 o'clock time slot for reasons that might seem weird to you, but will come into play later. So let's move on, and let's check out what we got going on at 8.30. With our 8.30 time slot... It should be no doubt that this show was going to appear somewhere on one of these lists. The only question was, which year's lineup was it going to factor into? We are talking about the iconic 1980s show, The Smurfs. So The Smurfs aired 258 episodes, and it had new episodes that aired every single year from 1981 until 1989. So it spans the entire decade all right, 258 episodes means that it has aired more. It was the cartoon that aired more episodes in the 1980s than any other. It, it holds the number one spot. First place, most episodes aired in the 80s belongs to the Smurfs. Um, for those of you that don't know, it aired on NBC. It was a Hanna-Barbera production based on a Belgian comic series. Um, and it was actually made for Saturday morning, so it fits that it, it's going to be here. Um, Fred Silverman was the kind of creative mind behind it. He, his daughter, I think the story goes that his daughter had one of the toys or a figurine or something and said, hey, this would make a good show. And they turned it into a, a, a cartoon. And uh, crazy enough, it's airing in our 830 time slot in 1983. Guess what, guys? Smurfs aired at 8.30 in the morning on Saturdays in most places, so we even got the right time slot. Um, the success of Smurfs, I mean, just the number of episodes in a year speaks for itself. Most cartoons don't make it past a, a year, two years at the most. Um, if you made it past two years, you were successful. This one lasted for an entire decade. Had seven spin-off television specials, won multiple Emmy Awards, was nominated for a bunch more. Um, and it is a who's who of voice acting legends. I mean, granted, 258 episodes, you need a lot of voices. And there was a lot of different Smurfs. You know, you had Happy Smurf and Lucky Smurf and Farmer Smurf and Papa Smurf and uh, who else did we have? Lady Smurf, uh, Smurfette, uh, Gargamel. We had Azrael. Um, there was a ton of Smurfs. And just, I'm going to try to go through this fairly quickly, but 
who's who of voice acting legends here? Charlie Adler, Jack Angel, Michael Bell, Lucille Bliss, Townsend Coleman, Peter Cullen, Jim Cummings, Jennifer Darling, June Ferre, Pat Fraley, Linda Gary, Dick Gaudier, Joan Gerber, Barry Gordon, Phil Hartman, Bob Holt, Tony J, Katie Lee, Tress McNeil, Ken Mars, Mona Marshall, Julie McWhitworth, Dees, Alan Melvin, Don Messick, Alan Oppenheimer, Rob Paulson, Vic Perrin, Clive Revel, Robert Ridgely, Neil Ross, Susan Silo, Hal Smith, Cass Doucet, John Stevenson, George Takei, Rossi Taylor, Janet Waldo, B.J. Ward, Lenny Winder, Frank Welker, Paul Winchell, Jonathan Winters, Alan Young, and I could go on. That's just a fraction of them. I know you recognized a few names on there. If you're big into cartoons and voice acting, you recognized all of those. Um, it has had five movies that have appeared in the last decade. And actually, in 2021, it had a reboot series that aired on Nicktoons. So Smurfs has been in the sphere for decades, right? Smurfs has, seems like it's existed forever. This was a show that obviously was aimed towards a younger audience, which um, as most of you probably watched, you know, pre uh, your kindergarten, first grade years, probably, you know, when you're really young, but it has just lived on and on and on. Um, it's also kind of iconic because it represents so much in the 80s, so it had to be here. Not only did it have the most episodes, but it also, being on a Saturday morning Lineup is important, not just because it was in a Saturday morning time slot when it aired, but Smurfs lasted for basically 10 years. And do you know what took it out? What took Smurfs out and made it basically get canceled was because of the shift at NBC and the death of Saturday morning cartoons. And I know that's a topic that's been discussed many times, but the death of Saturday morning cartoons basically happens when NBC changes its thought process changes its strategy and starts showing and moving to away from cartoons into a live action Saturday morning lineup thanks to the success of Saved by the Bell. So we have all kinds of things that start airing on Saturday mornings, uh, Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, um, you know, things like that. And it was Saved by the Bell, the new class, Saved by the Bell, the college years, uh, you know, all of the different iterations of that. And we had this movement to live action aimed at kids, live-action programming aimed at kids, which really wasn't a thing before, and it kind of boots cartoons off of the channel, and it's a trend that gets followed up with a lot of the other channels. So Smurfs, the original 1980s powerhouse, is one of the first victims of the Saved by the Bell death of the Saturday morning cartoon. So definitely deserves to be mentioned in this. This is our 8.30 show, The Smurfs. We're going to go from 8.30 to 9 o'clock with another classic, and this is going to be none other than Inspector Gadget. Two powerhouses back-to-back, Smurfs and Inspector Gadget. Now, Inspector Gadget is kind of a... It had a weird little history because it had like a pilot episode, and then it aired for a season, and then it went you know, no episodes for a year, then it came back, so it ended up having a total of 86 episodes in the 1980s, 65 of them in 1983, and then it came back and had some more in 1985 and 1986. Um, the, the reason I said that was weird because a bunch of the voices got changed and stuff along the way. There's different voices in the pilot, different episodes, you know, I think there's like three or four different voices for some of these characters. Um, so it's kind of interesting to go back and hear some of that. And then some of them got like re-edited into different episodes. So it's a, it's a weird voice acting thing. Um, it was the first syndicated series ever from Deke, uh, D-I-C, Deke, um, the company. 
Most of you are probably familiar with that. If you are a cartoon fan, it's created by Andy Hayward, which I'm sure his name will come up multiple times during this whole process. Um, there was a partnership with Nelvana going on there as far as animation and, and the work goes. Um, and I mean, it's Inspector Gadget. You got Inspector a Gadget, who is kind of like that get smart slash Inspector Clouseau hybrid type thing. Um, you got Penny, his niece, quote unquote, um, and the dog. I'm blanking on the dog's name for a minute. And then you have, of course, Dr. Claw and Mad Cat, etc. So, um, it was great. Um, the second season aired on Saturday, so again, it fits here on our Saturday morning time slot more than maybe some will. It's had multiple spinoff series. The last one was in 2015. It's had two live-action films, obviously, with Matthew Broderick. Um, and then going back to the actual show from the 80s, you had Don Adams, Maxwell Smart from Get Smart, was the voice of Inspector Gadget, the one they ended up sticking with. Um, and you had Frank Welker, who does Dr. Claw, uh, et cetera. And, oh, Brain. Brain was the dog's name. See? My brain kicked in finally. And another interesting trivia note, this was Cree Summers' first voice acting gig. Cree Summers is Don Frank's daughter, and Don Frank was involved in the series, and Cree got her first voice acting gig in Inspector Gadget in 1983. She would go on to be one of the most prolific voice actresses of the 1980s and 90s, et cetera. So Inspector Gadget... Easy choice. Nine o'clock time slot. It had to be represented. Um, we're going to go back a little bit less iconic. We've had Smurfs and Inspector Gadget. 9.30 time slot. We're going to reverse it a little bit. So let's see what we get there. That is going to be the show known as Saturday Supercade. Saturday Supercade aired 26 episodes from 1983 to 1984. It was produced um, for mornings by Ruby Spears, and it aired on CBS. And what Saturday Supercade was, for those of you that are not familiar, which I'm guessing are a few, it was like a video game compilation show. So it had all these different segments that included uh, Frogger, Donkey Kong, Pitfall, Qbert, uh, Donkey Kong Jr., Space Ace, uh, Kangaroo. There was all these different video game entities that had little segments, you know, short segments in it. So I think each show had probably three segments for the most part, and some of them were more prevalent, and some of them only appeared every other week or things of that nature. But that's what you basically had. Um, you had the voices of Soupy Sales, Dick Beals, Nancy Cartwright, Peter Cullen, uh, Frank Welker, Rob Ridgely. So a lot of these, you know, Pat Fraley, Peter Renaday. Um, I don't think as many people would recognize or know that this cartoon existed, but I think it is representative of the 80s for the reason that it is also kind of shining a light on the video game craze, which is happening simultaneously to the cartoon craze of the 80s. Because cartoons just make this humongous comeback in the 80s. There was kind of like a dead period in some of the 60s and the 70s because of all the different um, groups that were against violence and against different things. And that door kind of got busted down in the 80s with the success of a lot of the shows that we'll talk about over this series. And so cartoons is just come, make this huge comeback in the 80s, and that follows through you know, in future decades. Just like video games are just breaking the door down in the 80s with the success of the Nintendo and, and things of that nature. So I think it's really important that this kind of highlights both of those, and it also fits a theme. So remember what I said about those themes. You'll have to try to figure out what that is, but it fits a theme that we're going to have on our 9.30 a.m. time slot. All right, let's move on. We're halfway through. we got our first four shows. Let's go to our fifth one, which is the 10 o'clock time slot, and we're going to go to a show called Dungeons & Dragons. Not the role-playing game, 
but it is kind of based on that. But this is a cartoon, cartoon version, Dungeons and Dragons. It had 27 episodes, aired from 1983 to 1985. It was a combination of TSR and Marvel, and it had toy animation. Also aired on CBS, just like a couple of the other ones we've talked about. Um, interesting note here: the main writer on Dungeons and Dragons is a guy by the name of Michael Reeves. And some of you may remember or be familiar with that name. He is also the main writer in future shows such as Gargoyles um, on the Disney Channel and Batman the Animated Series. So Michael Reeves gets a good portion of the writing here for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the show led the time slot as far as like ratings go and everything for two seasons. Um, it did, though, come under the fire of the National Coalition of Television Violence. They said that Dungeons and Dragons, this cartoon, was linked to real-life violent deaths. We all know that's a load of crap, but that's what was happening in the early 80s and the mid-80s where these groups were very upset and going after these shows. Um, as far as the voice work, legendary Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, uh, voice the bad guy here, Venger. And then we have a weird combination of, uh, Frank Welker, of course, makes an appearance, but we have Willie Ames, who was one of the children from Eight is Enough on here as one of the characters. We have Don Most, uh, who was Ralph from Happy Days, plays one of the characters. So, um, it's a weird thing where we have all these live action actors from sitcoms and things of that nature showing up here. But, um, the other thing about Dungeons and Dragons for the super fans out there, it had like an unfinished finale, right? So it had an episode that never got to air, um, for reasons that seem to always happen. But the fans actually put this together and the unfinished episode got quote unquote finished through, uh, fan work. They got voice actors to, to lend their voices to it. They, you know, did everything and they, and they did it during a convention of some sort. One of the cons. Um, showed the finale. So that's kind of an interesting thing to, to look out for if you become a fan or if you are a fan of that show and didn't know that that existed. So I would check that out. Um, so Dungeons & Dragons hits our 10 o'clock time slot. The theme for the 10 o'clock time slot is going to be one of the trickier ones, and we'll see if you guys can figure that out. The theme for the 10.30 time slot should not be tricky at all once we get to the next episode. So... I am, again, though, going to have to cheat this episode because technically our 1030 time slot is not a cartoon. How can you have an ultimate 1980s cartoon lineup and include something that's not a cartoon? Well, I'll tell you, because the theme that it fits is does not have a lot to choose from, guys. It was not very well represented in the 80s. I mean, it was, but it wasn't um, just like it, history has shown. Um, so I had to do a little bit of stretching here. This was not a proper cartoon series. However, it was a set of cartoon specials, and they aired one special in 1980, 81, 82, 83, 84, and 85. So there were six years in a row that featured one animated special from this property. No, I am not talking about the peanuts like you all are thinking. This is Strawberry Shortcake, created by American Greeting Cards. Russie Taylor as the voice of Strawberry Shortcake, Bob Ridgely as the, I think, the peculiar pie man. Um, interesting, John Sebastian, who did a lot of the music in the Care Bears, helped write some of the songs here in Strawberry Shortcake. And some of the, the later specials in the six were done by Nelvana. But Strawberry Shortcake, just an iconic character um, for any girl that, that 
grew up in the 80s or for any boy that had, you know, a sister or things of that nature, you were aware of Strawberry Shortcake. You saw all the lunch boxes and the dolls and the merchandise that followed Strawberry Shortcake. And for some reason, it never got an actual cartoon series at that time, but it did get these specials. And then later, throughout the 90s and especially the 2000s, there would be multiple spin-off cartoon series featuring Strawberry Shortcake, the Berry Bitty Adventures, and a bunch of others that I'll throw on the screen here because I can't remember them. So Strawberry Shortcake, definitely an iconic character for the female audience, and it is going to take our 1030 time slot. That means we only have two shows left for 1983. Starting with 11 o'clock, we're going to go with the classic G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, 95 episodes aired from 1983 to 1986, production of Marvel and Sunbow. That means that it aired the eighth most episodes in the decade. So there's only seven shows that aired more episodes in the 80s than G.I. Joe. Um, we've had a total of six animated series or series based on G.I. Joe, some of them not 100% animated, um, in the traditional form at least. We've had four animated films. We've had three live-action films. The toys are still on the shelves today, so nobody can deny the fact that G.I. Joe is just a... It's a staple of our pop culture of our, um, of the eighties and started here in the eighties. Obviously the, the toys started a little bit before that, but this was the original cartoon and it is taking our 11 o'clock time slot and nobody can argue that it doesn't belong there. That means we have one more time slot to go. That's our 1130 time slot and we're going to back GI Joe up with Man, this is like a a one-two combo that I don't know if any other year is going to be able to match up with. This is going to be He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. 130 episodes from 1983 to 1985. That means it's tied for the second most episodes in the decade. You have Smurfs in number one, and then you have He-Man and one other show tied for number two. All right? He-Man has thrown off, I mean, we've had seven series, um, five if you don't include the Shiras, but five major He-Man series that have come after that, including some just within the last couple years. Seven series if you include the two Shira ones. It's had a live-action film. It's supposed to have another live-action film very soon if it ever gets done. It's been rumored for decades, but I think it's getting closer to actually happening. I still say that Mr. Hemsworth is the perfect He-Man and should play that part, but I know they got somebody else. But... He-Man, I mean, it's iconic. You have Skeletor, you have all of the evil warriors like Beast Man and, and Evil Lin, you got the Sorceress, you got the Power Sword, you have Grayskull, He-Man, Man-at-Arms. I mean, it doesn't get much more 80s iconic than He-Man. And like I said before, with this explosion of cartoons in the 1980s, it was all basically centered around the success of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. That is what broke that door down. That is what showed the rest of the decade what was possible. Possible, and that is what gave us all of these other uh, shows, especially, you know, you might, might think of like all the boys action shows, and we'll get to a lot of those over the course of these episodes, but He-Man, you know, really formed the, mo- or became the model for what could be done in this decade, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, yep, just a bunch of glorified uh, toy commercials, and that's just a very simplified view of, of looking at things. Yes, that is why some of them were made. But that does not um, take away the fact that some of them were actually works of uh, that people put a lot of thought and and heart and passion into. Some not so much, and you will maybe see some of those, or you could find those, you know. But some of these have lived on. You know, if it was just a toy commercial, we wouldn't have seen uh, seven series and films, etc. So He-Man takes our eleven thirty time slot, and that 
is our 1983 Ultimate Cartoon lineup. I have been just another 80s geek. Keep a watch out because we have more years coming. So if you like this, look, keep looking for 1984, 85, etc. as those episodes drop. And like I said, once we get down to 1989, we'll see if you guys can figure out the theme for each time slot. And if you agree that this is the best representation of 80s cartoons ever put together, we'll see you next time. Bye.